We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Sierra Lewick. You know how so many Facebook groups are spammy, dead, or only the admin posts get high engagement? All that changes when Sierra steps in with the C5 strategy. She helps business coaches build a highly engaged Facebook group community where people are excited to be sold to and refer others by turning their brand into a movement. The C5 strategy to transforms businesses to transform lives. Ooh, Sierra, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lori. It's great to be here. I'm excited for you to share some insights, especially around a world that I love, which is anything related to digital marketing. So uh, Facebook is definitely an area you've got a lot of experience in. Let's just talk about that algorithm a little bit. How can we use the algorithm to market our business better on Facebook? So the the biggest thing to keep in mind with the algorithm is that it is it is an absolute beast. Um, if you if you think about with Google search and how you type you type something into the search field and then it auto populates what's going to be typed next and it gives you all these suggestions and half the time it's right. Um, Facebook is right on the tails of the Google algorithm and the Facebook algorithm, anything that you put in terms of like what you're wording in your post, any kind of images, it actually has a smart capability to where it knows what the images are. And if your words do not line up with the images that you're posting, I mean, that's, that's just one thing to keep in mind. Like uh, a lot of people want to post images because of Instagram or, or other social platforms where images help boost it, but that can actually be a detriment when it comes to Facebook, if the image has nothing to do with the information that you're sharing. And so on Facebook, you want to make sure that you are very targeted and very direct with the kind of words that you're using. So that you can actually reach your audience better. I love that. And man, something I've been saying for years and, and you just kind of reaffirmed it. I've been saying that Facebook is trying to be Google and Google is trying to be Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems like Google's kind of given up on that a little bit. They, they got rid of their social, their circles. I, I don't even remember what it was called. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they they want people to stay on their platform. And the best way they do that is to continue to be a resource to whoever is using it. So why not make a search function to help people solve their problems, right? Absolutely. Love it. So everyone, uh, this is a question I get often is, you know, how do you use Facebook for business sales? And it sounds like you have four specific areas to focus on. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, are very familiar with Facebook ads. There is a huge market for that right now. And Facebook ads are probably some of the most uh, strategically placed out there. 
but um, that's only one area that you can actually utilize on Facebook to market your business. So when you're a new business owner going out into the going out into the market trying to do lead gen, if you immediately jump to ads, but you haven't actually validated the messaging that you're putting out and you haven't actually validated the offer that you have uh, with your market and you immediately jump to ads, you're going to end up spending a lot more in ad spend than if you will validate that organically. And through organic marketing, um, obviously there's your personal profile and um, there's there's a lot of people who are in the conundrum of, you know, should I use one or should I use the other? <laughs> so um, they're, they're thinking, you know, should I use my profile for business if I have a bunch of friends? and family. And obviously, if you're going to only keep it friends and family, the answer is no. But at the same time, if you don't announce what you're doing in your business, how will anyone ever know to refer anybody to you? So you definitely can utilize your Facebook profile. And um, I, I coach people on that all the time on how to use that profitably. Uh, then there's also a Facebook page, which you have to have a page to be able to run ads for your business, but you can also utilize your Facebook page organically. And I talk about this on my Facebook lives. I have a bunch of my Facebook lives on my personal Facebook. I have them set to public. So anyone's welcome to go and look at those if they want a little bit of training on that, but you can utilize on your Facebook page you can, you can share information with your audience on there and it's very possible. And I've trained a few different people through this on how to get organic reach utilizing your Facebook page as well. And the way that you would want to do that is you want to provide like either news or kind of entertaining information based around what your offer is so that people have a reason to come back and look at your page because personal profile versus a Facebook page. Um, personal profile is actually boosted more in the algorithm than a Facebook page is. So you have to give a reason to people to make them actually search for it. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Totally makes sense to me. Um, love it. I think it's important and you've done a really good job clarifying all of the different places to really maximize. Well, those are the Facebook. three. <laughs> those are the those are the first three. And yep. so the, the fourth one is actually what I utilize the C5 for and what I created that for is for Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest things that is lost a lot online is the community aspect that you get when you're in person. And Facebook groups is the absolute best source out there for creating a community around your business. And, and so that's what the C5 strategy is all about. That's what I dive into with that. And that's what I train people on. Love it. And I agree. I mean, community is what it's all about. And personally, I find that I'm using the groups more than I've ever used them before. Yeah, especially right now when everyone's forced to be more distant. <laughs> so let's dive into groups a little bit more. It sounds like you've got some really strong strategies around how to use Facebook groups for business. I do. I do. So I have, I have my personal way that I teach people, but I know that there are several different ways out there that are extremely profitable. And so I created a PDF around this, and this is actually, um, we had talked a little bit about this before, but it's one of the free things that I offer to people just so that they can get like a feel for what direction they want to go. But the idea is that there are five Facebook group types for businesses that are actually profitable because there are lots of other Facebook group types out there, the way that people utilize the groups, but there's five that actually produce a profit. And so the first one is for paying clients only. And I'm not sure if you've been in any groups like that before where you become a paying client and then, and then now you are 
like put into a Facebook group. So there's kind of the mastermind effect going on. It's, it's got some really great pros. It's also got a few cons of, you know, obviously a paid clients only group doesn't generate new leads for you. So you have to be going out there and you have to have a really great way to get in new leads, but it is a great way to get people to connect around your business and around the offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in a couple of those and it, it's more like a family, like a level of trust is already created because you're part of this club to some extent. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the the second type is, um, and well, the, I'm just going down the list on what I have on my page here, but um, the second type that I coach people on is a free community. And this is the one that is actually a lead generating one. And so this type of group is great because the community, when it's built around your offer and it's built around your business and what you do, the community actually helps to sell your business for you, which is really cool. And um, the member benefits of being a part of a free community is the coaching that they get, the networking that they get. They kind of get a try before you buy. So it's building up that like, no trust factor. The third type of group is the Evergreen Launch Membership. And the Evergreen Launch Membership, that's where, that's where people are actually, um, they're thrown into a group with the idea of launching, launching a new product. And Evergreen, um, in case anyone's not familiar with that, I know a lot of marketers are listening to business podcasts all the time. So I'm not going to mm -hmm. assume that there's no marketers on here. So just in case somebody <laughs> doesn't know, uh, for anyone out there, Evergreen just basically means that it's not, it's not a launch cycle. The, the launch cycle is just consistently going all the time. And so there's not like a particular shutoff period where people aren't going to have access to buying the product anymore. But in, in those groups, the benefit for the members is actually the established trainings and you get to try, try small before you, before you get to the part where the person upsells you. <laughs> <laughs> So number four is the pop-up group for course launch. And these are pretty much, you create a group that is only for one specific event. And so it's for, it's for launching a course. What happens is after you launch the course, then the group dies and everybody leaves or people, people accidentally get stuck in the group because they don't know that they have to actually physically leave the group. It just, the group doesn't like disband or disappear. It just like goes dead. And, um, you'll see this happen a lot with, um, Tony Robbins has been using it recently. Dean Graziosi has been using it. There's, um, there's several other big names out there that are, you know, they do these launch groups where it's like some kind of challenge for a few days and um, they build up all this momentum. They get all these people into this group. And then after the challenge is over, the group dies. Um, but the idea is that they're actually launching some kind of high ticket product or even some kind of low ticket product where they, they're just going to be making like thousands and thousands of dollars at once. And so it, this is great if you already have some notoriety built up. But uh, one of the downfalls of it obviously would be that, you know, if you don't have the notoriety and you don't get enough people in, you're probably not going to have very very high sales, and then it dies almost immediately after. Um, but the member benefit there is typically the challenge itself or the freebies that are offered inside of that. And so that's, um, that's what that course is used for. It's more like a brand awareness, it sounds like, than anything else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like people like Tony Robbins probably don't need very much brand sure. awareness, yeah. but um, it's a like product awareness, I would say. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Yep. 
So the fifth part or the fifth group is uh, group building a group as a part of a funnel. And so I actually, I, I know some other guys in the market who help people with their Facebook groups and specifically they, they run ads, they do pixels, they do like all of the automations and everything. And what they use their group for is instead of having to pay for a webinar platform, they use the group for that. And so the group is part of their funnel. So there's always people being added in, but one of the downfalls is they're not really building up the community inside the free group. They're utilizing the backend group, which is the first type of a group. Um, they're using that for the community aspect. So nobody really gets to be a part of the community until they've actually paid. Hmm. But the, the member benefit there obviously is buying the service or product. All right. So, um, the focus of this show is really around the topic of networking and, and Facebook groups with that community. There's obviously some, some networking building relationships, at least with some of the groups that we talked about um, is really what we're, we're trying to achieve. But my goal is to help alleviate any fears that someone might have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Okay, so um, I think that that question is really, really cool. This last year, I joined a coaching mentorship program that um, it was actually one of the biggest expenses I've ever done in investing in myself, um, other than uh, obviously college at a university, which is extremely expensive, as we all know. <laughs> But um, this last year, I invested in a mentorship program. And during my time in the program, I decided I wanted an accountability partner. And I, at first, I had I had networked with these two guys that were in the program, and we were checking in almost daily. And it was actually almost like struggle bus trying to get them to actually be as driven as I was. But about a month later, I connected with somebody else in the group, and through that effect, we have actually been accountability partners now for six months. Both of our businesses, we started launching a new thing in our business and we both started from zero with this new, the new things that we were doing. And we have both grown to multiple five figures in our business in such a short amount of time. And it's just been, it's been crazy. Now this person is one of my best friends and um, we're both, we're both growing our businesses together. We're best friends. We're at a similar place in life where we both are moms, um, who are working from home and all of that. And so, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really amazing what's possible when you step out of your comfort zone and you actually go out and meet people and it's just been life-changing. So I love that. And I am a huge fan of accountability partners and, and you're right. You end up you have to find the right one first off. And when you do, it does turn into a friendship, which is amazing. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, when it comes to building your network, and you kind of touched on this related to the communities on Facebook, but how do you stay in front of and best nurture those relationships? Um, so, so me personally, um, I've learned over the years that consistency doesn't mean doing the same thing every single day. Consistency means that you show up periodically consistently. So like if somebody were to like, say, be a family member who is checking in on me once a month, like, and they were just seeing how I was, I would consider that somebody who's consistently in my life. And so I, the same thing almost goes for when you're nurturing your market online as well, is that you don't have to touch base with them every single day. I mean, if you look at, if you look at some of the stores out there that send those spammy type emails, like, 
I don't know, like the, all the stores in the mall, like JCPenney or Kohl's or uh, the children's place or any of those kind of stores that you get on their email list and they're sending you something every single day. They make you think that you have to be in someone's life every day. And so I'll see a lot of people start an email list and they want to talk to them every day, or I'll see them jump onto social media and they want to post something every single day, but you don't have to be in someone's life every single day to nurture them. And you don't have to be um, having that constant communication for them to want to buy from you. You just need to be there consistently, which doesn't mean every day. I agree with that on so many different levels. I mean, there's a level of um, consistency. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be daily and daily can be overwhelming at times. And, Absolutely. You know, inboxes. I, I know I personally, I subscribe from people that send me way too many emails. <laughs> I'm more interested in what type of value are you bringing to the table as opposed to how often are you in my inbox and bringing me information? Absolutely. That's so good. Well, you triggered it. (laughs) So what advice would you offer that business professional that's looking to grow their network? So if you are looking to grow your network, I actually have um, some statistics that I share pretty, pretty often on um, my personal Facebook profile, but out of all of the platforms that are out there, Facebook is the number one platform across the board for connecting online. And the reason is because, um, well, as far as websites go, nobody goes to a website unless you're paying for advertising in some capacity. Um, but that being said, on social media, it's a lot easier for people to find you with the algorithms that are built up because whatever algorithms are profitable for the platform, if you are feeding into that, then it's going to give back to you as well. So when it comes to how many people are on the platform, Facebook has 2.6 billion. Actually, I think that's risen to 2.7 billion. um, 2.7 billion active users on the platform, which is just absolutely insane when you think about being an active user means that pretty much 2.7 billion people are logging on almost every single day. Um, On LinkedIn, which is another one that a lot of business owners use, LinkedIn has 250 million users. So when it comes to when it comes to where people are actually spending their time, there's there's a much higher account. Um, What is that like 10 times, 10 times more people are on Facebook than on LinkedIn. Now, the idea is that LinkedIn is more geared towards businesses. But at the end of the day, when it comes to people that actually have the ability to spend money, the actual count for how much people make in a year when it comes to statistical information. Um, LinkedIn has, I want to say, I I don't have the statistics right here in front of me. You can go check out my Facebook profile for that. It's on one of my videos if you have to reach out to me and I'll tag you. But um, I think uh, LinkedIn itself has the average income of like higher income earners, which they count as around 50,000 or more. Um, and I think on other platforms, they counted as 75,000 a year or more, but it's only 25% actually earn more than 75,000 a year or more on, on LinkedIn. And then on Facebook, there's, uh, I want to say it was like, it was somewhere between like 56 to 60%. Again, I don't have the statistics right here in front of me. They're on a sheet of paper that I have somewhere else, but it's just like, there's more high income earners on Facebook than there are on LinkedIn. And I think the reason why it levels out on LinkedIn is because you'll have all these CEOs go create accounts on there. But I can tell you right now, um, being a CEO myself and stepping into that role this year, 
that, you know, when it comes to social media, I'm, I'm not the only one managing my social media accounts. And I can tell you that on LinkedIn, it's not, it's not the CEO that's actually managing the accounts all the time. So it's going to be, it's going to be the people on their team that handle social media. Yeah. That's, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. Um, that's interesting. I did, I guess I didn't know the average annual income was greater on Facebook than it was on LinkedIn. That's, are, are just, there's more users in a higher brackets. That's, that is interesting. Um, but also, I, and, and maybe this is, a, you know, taking a different position, it's really understanding where your target audience is. But that's what I think I love about the groups on Facebook is there's literally a group for everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I would go so and true. challenge you to find some obscure theme or word and find a try to not find a group because I can promise you there's a group for everything out there. <laughs> yeah, I think they actually um, Facebook does every year they have their conference for Facebook groups mm-hmm. um, and they they've only been doing groups for it's it's only been about a decade, but they just did an online conference this last week um, and I think it was about an hour long, but they were talking about and when they mentioned how many groups there are because you know, I mean, everyone in their mama almost has started a group at some point or another and whether or not they actually invited people in, that's another story, but there's, there's so many groups out there. I think that they were mentioning it's in the millions. Wow. I believe that. You, my, I know my sister starts groups when she's cleaning her house to see if anyone wants to take her old crap. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, they're private and, you know, she hand selects who's on it, but, but yeah, that that's in, that's really interesting, actually. Wow. Um, okay, so if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? I read this question beforehand, and I thought, I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll answer it on the fly. Um, and just really thinking about it, though, um, and knowing who I am now and what I've gone through in to become who I am, I, I honestly, I don't think that I would change anything. And, Hmm. and let me tell you why it's because it's because I've really come to terms that the, the lessons that I've learned in my life have made me who I am. And whether that came from a good situation or a bad situation, because I have, you know, I've had a lot of negativity happen in my life in the past, but it's, it's grown me as a person and it's grown my character. And then also all of the good moments that have happened in my life and how, how wonderful they felt. Like when I was going back and doing my gratitude this last week, I shared a video about it because I was like, I came to that realization that every single day, like today is the best day of my life because today is the accumulation or the culmination of every single lesson that I've ever learned and every single good thing that's ever happened to me. Today is the culmination of that. And who knows if today is going to is going to wind up being another one of the best days of my life, you know, and it's just, who knows if one of those good moments is going to happen, or if one of those major lessons that transforms my life forever is going to happen today. And so every single day is, is the culmination of all of those good and wonderful things that have happened. So. Wow. That's really deep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I'm just sitting here going, that's, that's a really cool way to look at it uh, and a really positive mindset overall to have. So let's talk about the six degrees of separation. 
who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? So honestly, um, I'd really love to share the stage at some point with some of my favorite speakers like John Maxwell and Les Brown. Um, those are some of the people who have made a major impact on my life. And when I say share the stage, like I don't just want to meet people. I mean, I, I legit want to be one of the keynote speakers on stage with them. I think that that would be a wonderful thing. And I'm 100% on track to do that. I actually saw one of the people who just started building their empire or their business about five years ago. And, um, I saw him share a, an online stage during COVID. Um, he shared an online stage with Tony Robbins. And he just started really building out his business and becoming a CEO in the last three years. And he was already there. And so I know that if I can see somebody else do it, that that means that it's possible for me as well. For sure. Absolutely. Without any doubt. I, I, I believe more so today than any other period historically, everyone has a fair chance to, you know, putting in the time and energy and legwork, but everyone can make it as, as much as they want to really. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so out of, out of everything that you've done in, in the history of your business, um, what has been what has been the biggest lesson and the biggest takeaway? Oh boy. <laughs> um, you know, the biggest lesson I would say is that I, I don't need to figure everything out on my own. My, my personality has always been like, I can teach myself how to do it and I can get it done where the reality is, yeah, I can do that, but is that really the best use of my time? Why don't I just align myself with the experts that can, that can handle my books, that can write my contracts, you know, <laughs> that can do all of the things that they excel at. Um, so just finding, finding the partners to help me grow and be the best that I can be is probably, it took a little while to figure that out, but I think that's probably the biggest game changer I've had in the business. Oh, 100%. I think, um, I, I went through a huge transition as I was scaling my business from sole proprietor to CEO in about a month when I hired, I hired four people onto my team. And then at the same time, I also hired a nanny for my kids moving into the school year because our plan was to stay homeschooling this year. And, um, mm -hmm. and she does a little bit of everything. So I hired five people at once and that was kind of like a big shock. <laughs> For sure. My goodness. I can't imagine five onboarding five people at one time. Whew. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. It, <laughs> it's been so much fun though. I love it. Um, so, so curious, what do you think have been the best hires that you've made so far? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to share that with, I don't know if my team right now I have a solid team actually. Um, I mean, every person I look back on historically, uh, I'm, I'm in my 13th year of business right now. And I've, I could not tell you how many people I've actually had under my belt. I think everyone brings a different, um, a different piece to the equation and evolution of the business actually, and has allowed me to grow because I've learned how to function with different personality types and, I've learned a lot about where my personal weaknesses are based on 
um, you know, how best to engage with other professionals, um, but also based on their expertise and, and their strengths and really tried to maximize the strengths of my, my team and help them grow in their strengths and help them achieve their goals. So I'm not going to give you a direct straight answer. There. Well, let me, let me rephrase <laughs> the question. Let me rephrase okay. the question for anyone who might yes. be, who might be starting out in their business and is looking at new hires and who to bring on first. What would you say is the most important hire to do first to help out with a new and growing business? Oh, the most important hire. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I would say map out all the things that, that you do and identify wherever there's um, elements that are repeated and that you don't want to be doing anymore and then bring someone on to do those specific tasks. So I think one of the first things that I brought on was a bookkeeper and that was, um, out, I outsourced that, I didn't hire that. And, and that's still an outsourced activity. Um, but I would also consider some sort of an assistant for yourself, depending on you know, how, how big you wanna get, but someone that can uh, do all the things that you don't wanna do, but still need to get done. I think one of the really cool things that you said right there is I, I hear people suggesting all the time about mapping out um, like a list of everything that you do um, mm -hmm. all throughout your business day. But I think one of the key things that you added in there was what are the things that are repeated? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that that's yeah. really good. That's a really good key indicator is, you know, you don't want to hire out something, obviously, that's only going to be like a one-time thing necessarily. Um, sure. So that uh, when you're hiring first off, when you're hiring, starting out. So my, my first hires in my business this year were, um, were definitely, I got, I got a VA, a virtual assistant. She actually operates in the task of executive assistant, but, um, cool. I got that. I, I got my bookkeeper. I, I got, um, I got, I call him my client acquisitions guy, but he's my advisor for my team. And he helps me, he helps me onboard people and bring people at, in as new clients. So, um, sure. it's been great. And then I also hired somebody to help help out with SOPs and automations. Yes, that's vital. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I wish I did sooner and earlier on in my business, but, um, yeah, getting getting those processes documented is so important for for growth and scalability and just overall long term success. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. It's been it's been so relieving. And then um, one of the very first things that I had to do because in that first month, all of a sudden everybody needed my attention all the time, and all of a sudden I had like ten extra tasks that I didn't have to do before. <laughs> and um, and so I. I was like, Hey, we should have a team meeting. And I instituted that last month. And that was amazing because then my team started connecting with each other instead of having me as the middleman. So I love that. Sure. Yeah. That's important too. <laughs> um, all right. So Sierra, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, absolutely. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that you can ever do is to create real relationships. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me lately, they feel, or they're afraid that they're going to approach people and they're going to come off as spammy if they talk about their business or if they offer the sale. 
And the thing is, is that if you come at it from trying not to be spammy, the thing that you are most focused on is being spammy. So it's going to sound spammy, whether you like it or not. So I encourage you to think about what you do want and what you do want to be when you're in that conversation and the kind of person that you're wanting to show up as the kind of leader that you're wanting to be in your industry. And then just be that person whenever you're networking and whenever you're growing those relationships. I love that. There's so much truth to that and just be, be genuine, really, uh, you know, show your authentic self. Um, and, you're going to attract the right type of people to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if anyone wants that five Facebook groups for business, it's actually a PDF. And so they can just get in touch with me on Facebook. It's Sierra Lewick, C-I-E-R-R-A, last name is L-U-E-C-K. And you guys can just reach out to me and I'll have someone on my team get that out to you. Sure. Any other um ways that people can get in contact with you if they're interested in reaching out? Um, so right now I'm 100% on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn and people can find me on LinkedIn. I, I'm not doing a whole lot on there yet. I'm focusing on Facebook as the main platform right now because that's where, that's where my market's at. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yes, this was a ton of fun and we definitely geeked out over Facebook quite a bit, but that's okay. Um, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Sierra for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.